to the Borealis Experience. I'm your host, Aurora, and I'm very excited to have Adrian Moy with me today, a man that I met over Facebook, and we started chatting, and we had an intro conversation the other day, and I just had this awesome feeling that he could bring lots of value to our audience here today. He is a spiritual guide. He's a healer. He's a person that when you talk to him and he looks into your eyes, he looks into your soul and cracks open your heart. And you know that there's no mask wearing needed. You can be yourself and you can, yeah, communicate what's going on in you and he will help you on your path to feel more like yourself and to feel more empowered and maybe even to find your purpose here on planet earth welcome adrian moy i'm so happy to connect with you here and um, yeah thank you so much for making the time i'm very excited to talk about suppressed masculinity with you today and how we can help men to tap into healthy masculinity again Thank you for being here and for maybe give us a little introduction on how you came about your mission and your purpose, because sometimes I feel we have to find it. We don't know it right away when we're born. We kind of have to undig our purpose. Hello, Aurora, and thank you for having me here with you on your platform. I'm very honored. Um, hello, everyone listening. Thank you for taking the time to share in this energy code, this uh, journey that we are all on together. It is very important for us. And yes, a little intro to how I found myself with this drive, this message to share with people. Um, to be very quick, my life was like everyone else's. I grew up normal, normal family. I saw throughout my history, I had different, I was very curious. I was very explorative. I love discovering new. It was like some innate passion within me that always drove me. And so I was the kid in school and in family gathering, I wanted to learn every nook and cranny about everything that I could. And so in that um, curiosity, I started noticing when people weren't as curious with me and didn't want to explore and discover all the nooks and the crannies and the depths of why people do what they do, why they respond the way they respond, why they act the way they act, and why they shape their lives the way they do, that reflection back to me gave me insight into what people were doing with their time, were paying attention to, and were focusing on. And so it was like I was sitting back watching a psychological dance amongst all the people, like I was watching a play. And so when I realized not many people wanted to be there with me in the self-discovery, I took a seat and watched it unfold and let it explain itself to me. In that place, it's like Neo in the Matrix. I started seeing the code of how people interplay with each other and 
for my own self-discovery, I also paid attention to the things that I valued and I loved and I wanted in my life. And so, of course, I'm going to want to cultivate these things in my life. In my desire and my um, adventure of discovering these things for myself, I found there was much resistance to it. Not on my part. I did have to learn my audience and know how to discover my own self-boundaries and learn to pay respects to other people's boundaries. But I also noticed how much people didn't pay respect to their own self-boundaries. And there again, I am now sitting in the audience watching the, 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 the story play out. And now I'm paying attention back again to why people let their boundaries get crossed. And then so for me, in this mindset of curiosity, discovery, and exploration, I ask myself, where does that come from? Where does that stem from? What is the root of this? Let's go right to the core history and how that became the active dynamic, whether people were aware of it or not, or if they were, and why they settled in the place that they were at. And that is where I got great insight and help me navigate my own experience to the interactions between the male and the female. And then, so before I go further into my insight and perspective on that, was that uh, a fair intro to how I got here with you today? Oh, yes. Like exceeded my expectations. That's, uh, wow. So very observant child and very intelligent and sharp child and and noticing what's going on and and yeah describing it like I feel um I see right now happening like the the huge gap between men and women lots of tension lots of mixed messages lots of suppressed emotions lots of fear and um this is why I, I'm, yeah, so incredibly excited to have you talk about this because I feel you can help us understand why men would suppress their feelings so much and mm -hmm. how they can communicate more openly without fear of rejection and how women can receive. I feel I want to hear from you like both right. how how women you know sometimes are a little bit too controlling are too anxious are too aggressive sometimes passive aggressive and how we can and heal um as the feminine part right so our topic today is about will you remind me Uh, the specific title or the overall broad one statement designation title for this talk? Mm -hmm. It would be suppressed masculinity and how we can heal as a group, how we can help men to express themselves again and to, to feel safe again, because I feel suppression happens when we don't feel safe. Thank you. And, and the reason that I asked for that, that um, description from you 
as far as the title of our topic today was just to kind of recharge myself on my focus. Mm -hmm. So may I begin? Yes, please. Thank you. We're discussing this from the standpoint of the men. But as you suggested, uh, yes, it is very wise for us to bring up the points from both sides of this polarity. As above, so below. We live in a dualistic reality, light and dark, hot and cold. They're all there in tandem with each other for a purpose. We have masculine, we have feminine. Now, when we first discussed this topic with each other in our introduction meeting, we talked about the, easel, the, 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 the importance of breaking down the gender association to the nature of our human state. So in society, men will be designated as tough and protector and warrior and thick-skinned, and their job is to protect the herd and be the provider. And then women in our society are commonly the nurturer, gentle, the receptive. Those definitely are core resignations of both the masculine and the feminine, but is not to say those same qualities are not within both men and women equally. I am an extreme nurturer as a father. I'm very gentle. I am very loving. I am very even fragile at times. As a woman, a woman is a warrior. A woman is a protector. A woman is a provider. She will safeguard the home in her own feminine way. And the man can also nurture and love and cultivate as a creator the home and the environment and the relationship. And so it's good to just point out that our human state, our pure human state, is we are all of these things, each and every one of us. Not to put a gender association on it. And that's one of the greatest predominant illusions that have been coming into our society from our history that men will be considered weak or a weak link or pathetic or they should be ashamed of themselves if they're having these feminine traits. You're going to cry. Men don't cry. You're going to be vulnerable. Men aren't vulnerable. Men have to be iron and solid. And so that just gets ingrained into the male psyche. And then again, the topic of how women get raised and how they're supposed to be. And that if a woman is tough and strong and independent and powerful and and by powerful, I mean like she is confident and she knows herself. They would call her tomboy or even go as far as to say she's some type of a lesbian or something. It's like those have nothing to do with the gender identities. Those are the true power of the totality of all of our human state. So now going back to the men and the main point topic of our discussion today, the history of men, because of this illusionary um, uh, ideology, this, this role that we have told ourselves we had to be could have come from a primal state. You know, if men were the physically muscular, stronger species, they were the ones that were sent to go out into the wilderness and defend off the wild wolves or, you know, something of that nature. But, you know, irrelevant of where it came from, you look at present day to now in average cultural society 
across the world. And this is not just my own experience. This has been in conversation with many people and as well as all of the studies that I have done for all of my course training. Men don't show their vulnerable side. Men are not open with their emotions because they're just not raised that way. They're not raised that way by their fathers and their fathers are not raised by their fathers. And so when you're in the family circle, as you're growing up, you don't receive access to this side of your masculinity by your masculine role models. You don't get it from your uncle. You don't get it from your masculine male neighbor. You don't get it from random men when you're walking down the street and, or at the grocery store. You don't get it from your grandfather. You don't get it from your father. I do want to take a moment to pause and say, just to note, this may not be true for everyone. So for any listeners who are hearing this and say, well, I didn't grow up that way. I grew up with a very nurturing, loving, soft, gentle, vulnerable, open father. And I grew up with a mother who nurtured his greatness and beauty and did not see him as a sad, weak, emotional, feminine, not true, pure masculine. And those two together raised this child with true beauty because that's available in this world. That has happened in this world. I did not come from that world. But now that I know these things, I am cultivating that within myself for me and my family. So I just wanted to note that any listener, I'm not going to blanket the statement and say everybody is subject to these things. But predominantly in the world that we live in, that is the commonality that we are addressing today so we can usher in the new. And the new is actually not new. The new has already been. We've just fortified and rehearsed ourselves down a path that is no longer serving us, which is very clear. It is unhealthy, and we're trying to move through with this medicine. This medicine is the energy and the connection that you and I are sharing today, and this medicine we are granting to all of your listeners and everybody who goes further and beyond this. So back to the topic. Men are raised to be emotionally constipated. And I use that phrase because I saw it in some movie, but it just makes perfect sense. They're not taught to get in touch with their emotions. They're just not. They suppress them. And so they don't know what to do with their emotions. When boys grow up, boys grow up to be combative and competitive and see each other as competition. And that's where they get their validation from each other. If you win a trophy, then you're good. If you can wrestle, then you're good. If you can exhibit your strength with the way women get raised, um, they're close, they're expressive, they're intimate, they hug, they touch, they play with each other's hair, They paint their toenails. Men don't do that. Men don't get that affection and that nurturing and that intimacy from their male role models or from the other males around them. Women get that from other women all the time, and that's seen societally as perfectly fine. But the minute a man shows up for a young boy in any intimate encounter or affectionate encounter, and this doesn't have to do with touch, but it can do with touch. It's conceived as either pedophiliac or gay. And that's where the homophobic fear comes into play. And that's where those fears come in. And so wherever this stemmed from, men as fathers and parents and uncles and grandparents shy away from their heart feelings toward the younger male generation. And so as time progresses, the young males grow up not knowing what beautiful, healthy male affection looks like. What does beautiful, healthy male touch look like? Not it being seen as sexual, 
Of course it can. If a man is holding, or let's say he's rubbing his son's chest for therapy or rubbing his arm or hugging him or nuzzling his face into his shoulder. If a man does that with his daughter, I see that there is a certain point where some people are like, ooh, that touch looks a little creepy. Now, if that was never that father's intent, it is other people that will project that out there. And then with that projection, whether the daughter or the father even are thinking about it, they'll feel other people's projections, and then they'll start second-guessing themselves. And so these projections come into our lives, and they affect our true, pure, beautiful, healthy nature with each other, our nurturing, our affection. Now, we also need to address the point of why those fears are even there, because those predatorial or pedophilia or sexual lusting encounters have happened in our world. Women have been raped and molested and physically and sexually abused by men in their life, whether it was from a stranger or a neighbor or a father or an uncle or a grandfather, those things have happened. I believe those things have happened because those have come from men who didn't even understand their own desires and had no idea what they were doing with their own lust or anything, not to excuse them for what they did. There is no uh, excuse, but I'm only acknowledging why it happened because they came from a lineage of not knowing what to do with their passion, with their energy, with what drew them toward the energy of those women. Women, in my perspective, hold the power of love. Now, men do too, but it's on a different energetic level. There we tap into the masculine and the feminine. So a woman is the womb. She is the living embodiment of creation, of life. She has the generation of her body to produce life. Life is love. She is a conduit, a producer, a factory of the energy code of love. That's going to draw men to her. But men who do not know these things will get drawn to the feminine energy that they feel from the woman. And if they're not in tune with their own selves, they will express it in these other horrible manners. They will turn it into lust. They will turn that energetic resignation toward the feminine love energy from a very unhealthy, unaware, uneducated manner because they know not what they do because they were never raised to get in tune with why is this energy that I'm feeling toward the woman? Why is this attraction that I'm feeling toward the woman? What is the beauty that I see with her? And then without that knowledge, they go unchecked and then it turns into abuse. It turns into, I want a thing from you. And a lot of times in our world, we also have been in the practice of taking what we want instead of offering someone to receive what we're looking for. And this is a huge epidemic, greater than COVID. This has been our human history that has not been addressed. And so I'm very happy that we're addressing it to this day. So how do we help men find the way? How do we help men get in tune with what they're feeling? We're, we're going to give them some soul pineapple juice. And that's going to help them unconstipate their emotions and to learn to get in touch with their emotions. And in order to do that, you have to go into your past to find out how you were raised. What were you shown was acceptable, non-threatening, affectionate touch. 
I believe in one of your videos, you talked about boundaries and how a child is supposed to compromise themselves when the aunt wants to come and give. And then the, the, the family members say, no, Johnny, you have to let auntie give you a kiss because she's your aunt and she has that right. Well, we just taught Johnny to compromise. We just taught Johnny not to listen to what feels comfortable for him. And we do this to each other. And so men and the male species who are raised not to touch women, that it's bad, not to look at a woman's breasts or her figure or be curious about what her vagina looks like. It's taboo. You don't do that. That is sinful. So you repress men from even being curious about it to the point where they should be ashamed about it. Now they have no knowledge of this. What in turn that does to the woman is when the woman is being raised, she doesn't know how to empower herself to know what safe engagement is with men because she's been denied that interaction. She's no longer even receiving it. So now you have boys that are being raised, young men who are being raised, that are taught not to think about women in an attractive manner. You know, like I like to say, looking at her features and her face and her eyes and her hair and her whole everything, her movement and her representation, it's the same as looking at an eagle soaring through the sky or a tiger galloping through the jungle with grace and ease they're beautiful things. Why are we teaching ourselves not to look at things that we find beautiful? So we're raised that way. And men don't know how to approach women. And women don't know how to be approached by men. And then you fast forward onto the playground at school. And men do what they do to women, what they are taught to do with boys. They hit. They slap. They pull on bra strings. They pull hair. That's what they are taught. And women are like, ew. Why are you doing that to me? I don't like that. Because the boy doesn't know any better. He does not know how women like to be approached. He doesn't know what's healthy. And women don't know how to tell boys what's healthy because they were never taught or empowered as a young girl what affectionate touch is from the masculine and how to empower the female self to know what is good for her. And how would she know? Because Uncle Johnny gets to give you a hug because he's Uncle Johnny, so he has that right. And now she's compromising herself. And if she's not receiving affectionate, um, consensual touch from her father or from her uncle or from her grandfather, she has no idea what that even feels like for herself. So how can she tell someone what she wants and what she feels good with when she doesn't even know herself? It's a foreign world. Now we're going to go further into high school. Now the hormones are kicking in. Now the chemistry is changing. Now it's not turning into just attention from the opposite sex or companionship from the opposite sex or curiosity about the opposite sex. Now it's turning into a desire for the opposite sex. Now boys and women start paying attention to the smell of each other's pheromones and the power of their eye gaze and the illustrious sensation from when their skin happens to graze upon each other. Now it's doing something internally with them. And now they're very curious. And now they're going to start going against the grain of what they were told was taboo because there's that gravity there. There's that human nature within us that says, no, this is supposed to be available for you. You've been denied it by your predecessors, but your curiosity will always win the day as we know how high school works. That's how it is. So in high school, kids will find ways to explore their world. If they have to lie to mom and dad about where they're going, or if they find little pockets in their day sometime on the schoolyard where they can hide under the bleachers or go in the bathroom. And then when you put them in this environment, 
and they do not have a healthy, educated awareness of what is appropriate and available and beneficial for the masculine and the feminine energy to communicate with each other without crossing each other's boundaries, what you're left with is men overstepping their boundaries and women letting their boundaries get overstepped and none of them know the wiser. Now women are being taught, this is how men will interact with me. And now men are being shown by these women, allowing it to happen, this is how I approach women and this is what they're allowing to happen to them. And so then the man gets his way. The woman thinks that is the way to let the man get his way because she is attracted to him and she wants to keep him in her life. She wants to nourish it. And so she will allow herself to compromise her boundaries because she still desires to have attention from him. And so her value on his attention is greater than her value on her own self-worth. But she doesn't even know she's doing this. Now we're going to fast forward through college. And now you're in college and you're living away from your parents. Now you start having the freedom to craft your schedule. Now you're dating more than you were in high school. You may even have your own apartment. You may even start seeing a man, but you're still stumbling around in the dark with that old habitual pattern of this is what men get to do to women. And this is what women should allow men to do to them because they want to keep the attention. They want to keep the relationship, but they're not discovering where their values lie and where they're compromising themselves. Even in relationships who are still approaching their woman with the right to their bodies. It is my right as your partner to have access to your body. And women will shut down eventually. We've heard it all. I can't do that tonight, honey, I have a headache. I can't do that. You know, women will come up with excuses to avoid it. That's not to say that they don't have good sexual loving relationships, but have they cultivated it to the point where they're actually honoring each other? Like, when a man is in the kitchen with his wife or his girlfriend and they're at some party or something and he spanks her on the butt. Do you even know if she appreciates that? Have you ever had that conversation? And has she ever told him not to do that? Sometimes those little small things happen and we don't pay attention. They're very subtle, they're very slight. It is not how women want to be approached, but they've never had the voice to say it. And the voice that they usually come out with it is what you touched on earlier, where they become rigid and cold, and then they turn the pendulum to the other direction. Now they don't even want a man in their life. But that is not because they don't want a man in their life, but it's only because the historical man that has showed up in their life has never been anything close to what she actually wanted. And so her answer to her is, I'm going to protect my sacred body, I'm going to protect my sacred space, and that means I need to cut the man out of my life. Now women have put up this giant wall around that because they don't know how to be a powerful woman and teach men what the men don't know. Now, it's not a woman's responsibility, especially if she's coming from a place where no one taught her how to do that and how to in turn teach the other men. It's both of our jobs, both men and women to now recultivate where we've been led wrong, where we've been led astray, or how we weren't even led for that matter, and we stumbled in the dark, to now discover how do we show up for each other healthy. How do we show up for each other compassionately? I do want my counterpart in my life. It doesn't have to be just in a committed singular relationship. I should be able to have feminine, female counterparts in my life on various aspects, from friends to sisters to mothers to neighbors to female strangers, and do it in a healthy manner. 
as well as a lover or a daughter or a niece. Same with the women. They can have many male engagements in their life, but when they're constantly being onslaughted by this ever-flowing, almost drowning tidal wave of it always going to a sexual level, women are just shutting down. They don't want it anymore. And I love that. That is good. That is healthy for our community, for women to stand up and say, enough. No, we are no longer going to be your predator. You were no longer your prey. So the masculine energy that has been sweeping over the history of our species is now finally women are empowering themselves to say, if this is what it means, I do not want that in my life. I would rather constantly be bombarded. Now, going back to it is our job to learn where we need to show up for the women to allow them to let down those borders, to allow them to take off that arm. But there is no way they're ever going to do it unless you show them a man that is different, unless you show them a man that is what they actually deserve. I have become one of those men. It is my nature to be one of those men. I am honored to be one of those men. And many times in my female encounters, they're very shy and hesitant to even believe that I am real. They're just waiting for me to spring the trap. Like he's saying all the right stuff. He's touching my heart. He's got me open. I am prostate laid out, ready to go. But hell no, because I have all the red flags because this is way too good to be true. And to them, I say, no, no, it is not too good to be true. It is true. And if you deny yourself, the availability here, that is your choice. That is how far your traumas have taken you. And I am not going to be one to push. I'm going to be so true that I'm going to let you make your own path. I'm going to honor you, woman, and let you continue to live within your armor, within your borders. And if that is where you feel comfortable and that is where your life is destined to be, so be it. But I'm going to still be here and be available for any moment in your life when you think otherwise and show you a real man, a man that you can hug, a man that you can sit and talk with, a man that you can be girlfriends with. I'm going to use a little expression, girlfriends, because the power of the girlfriend with each other is so beautiful. And I remember growing up looking at that and I was like, I want that with women. Why don't women girlfriend out with me? I want to kick it some night and drink some wine, and paint toenails, and watch movies, and talk about all the things that we've experienced in life together. Why don't I have access to this? Why is it because I have a cock and a masculine body that I'm excluded from this club that looks so fun, and I watch them laugh and dance and play, and I'm like, I want that. Well, I'm not getting that from my male counterparts, because men don't do that. Men bro force out in a whole different manner. Now, the bro force energy is super awesome, and the bro force energy, I've even seen some women looking at the bro force energy, and they're like, well, how come I don't get to bro force out with the bros? They have so much fun and look at all the fun they're having. And a lot of times women will even look jealously at men. I've been in relationships where women get jealous when I'm hanging out with my buddies because they're like, they feel left out in that place because they can't, but it's like, it's different energy. So we can build a bridge between these divides and we can share who knows what they're doing, who's aware of their emotions, who knows what their intentions are, and literally, honestly, purely wants to create a space where I see you, feminine goddess counterpart. I love your feminine energy. I do not need to have sex with you. I would love to be in relationship with you and let us 
share our feminine and masculine energy together for just that sake and that alone. Now, if in that interaction, those two wish to go further with touch, they can go further with touch and affection and comfort still does not have to go into a sexual arena. Sexual arena needs to be cut out of this equation. Many times people misconstrue sex for love. Love is not sex. I would like to take a pause for a moment because I want to dovetail that off into another discovery that I have learned about the difference between sex and love and why love is misconstrued with sex. But before I do that, would you like to say anything about what I have set up until this point? Thank you so much. Um, I must say you are a pioneer. You are a pioneer because when you just described how you would communicate with a woman and uh, behave around a woman, I felt my red flags coming up. And not because I don't trust you, but because there's still parts in me that I need to heal. And it just made me aware that, yeah, you're doing the exact thing that, that all the women are dreaming of and wishing for. And then you are this energy, you are this man. And all of a sudden they feel triggered. They feel intimidated, right. feel scared. Um, but we need to keep doing this. We need to keep, keep pushing for this because this is the right path. And, and you will ignite and stimulate healing. Um, and another thing I wanted to say is that we're soon going to run out of time. And I would love to take you into a second episode and talk there about love versus sex um okay. but yeah if you want to add to what i just said please please don't hold back and then we will soon start wrapping up okay. excellent thank you for that cue and yes i did so let's turn a different episode to that other dovetail thought to what you just said yes i want to say why do the red flags come up When I'm presenting myself as the actual thing that a woman would love to have in her life, that does not have to go into a committed relationship, that does not have to go into a sexual relationship, but just to be a man in her life, to let her receive genuine, healthy, loving, masculine energy, and to have that friend in her life, the red flags come up because there are men who do what I do. Not necessarily the way that I do it, but they give the woman the promise of safety and a safe place. And they use that as a tactic to lure them in to do exactly what I said. The woman is waiting for me to do that because they've learned in order for them to get what they want from a woman, they have to create that comfort for her. They have to create that sense of being able to release her tension and to open up and to feel safe and so it is that unfortunate history that we come from that is a very true thing and that is why the women believe this guy has to be too good to be true there are women that i open up with that fall in love with me that suddenly want to couple up with me and i have to pull them back and say okay no my dear i apologize if you feel like our engagement is about to break your heart 
that was never my intention and that is not where I ever meant to go. And I made that clear many times, but understand it is not your heart that is breaking. If I don't want to receive the offer of you saying you'd like to be in a committed relationship with me, it is you feeling like you lost something, but you're not going to lose something with me. I'm not going to go away just because we don't go into a committed relationship and just because we don't have a sexual, romantic, intimate relationship doesn't mean the love that you feel from the connection that we just shared will leave. And that's where I want to teach people how to keep the sex and the committed relationship. Like you're my partner and now we own each other. I want to keep that out of this entire realm. I just want to focus on how men can get in tune with their masculinity on a very knowledgeable, wise, intentive, active level to learn themselves, to show up for the women, to help the women show up for themselves so they can show up back to the man. So it's a reciprocal energy. I know we're getting close to the close and I want to sneak this one in really quick. To me, a beautiful, loving, nurturing woman looks like this. She's walking down the street. A man cat calls at her. Hey, baby, like your body. I want to get with that. A benevolent, empowered goddess would walk up to that man and she would say oh my goodness thank you kind sir for the compliment i appreciate that how well you see my beauty but let me tell you your type of engagement does not feel healthy to me and i would love this opportunity to show you how i would love to be approached if you would like to express your attraction to me and if a woman did that to a man she would hit the e-brake on him and he'd be like, whoa, wait, what? What's going on? No, I, I was just trying to, and she'd be like, no, 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 no. And he would almost want to shrink away and she would grab him and be like, no, you wanted my attention. You have it. Let me show you, young child. I want to show you the way. Let me show you the power of the woman. And then he'd be like, I don't know what's happening here. And that is the empowered woman who will have the confidence and the fearlessness to be like, oh, hello, man. Let me show you masculinity. Let me show you what healthy relationships look like. That is an empowered world. That's the world that I want to see. Instead of a woman feeling like she needs to pull out her shield and her sword and either run away or slice him across the neck and kill him. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. Thanks for making me laugh so hard and, <laughs> and for making it so, yeah, like easy to understand and to see. Um, what's going on in our society, we can finally put a finger on it and right. learn where we can heal, where we can change, adapt, understand more. And, and I just love how you put it into words. I love that we connected here and I'm so grateful for this episode and very excited for the next one about love and sexuality. Thank you so much. <laughs>